The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Abgenommen bedauert. Adventures of Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Alice Frost and Joseph Curtin, and brought to you by Woodbury Cold Cream, the beauty cream for the skin you love to touch. of Martha Gilroy, a young authoress who has invited the North to her uncle's palatial estate on Long Island for the not very subtle purpose of persuading Jerry to publish her novel. Pam and Jerry are in the upstairs sitting room. Hmm. Oh, they're so nice. Huh? Oh, the curtains. You know, it's really a waste, Jerry. I could have five satin evening gowns with the material that's in these curtains. Yes, I suppose you could, dear. And these drawstrings would make a perfect rope girdle. The whole effect would be fresh. Pam, dear, please, I want to finish this book. I'm on the last page, almost. Oh, that's the best of all, Jerry. I couldn't stop till I'd finished. Uh, then would you let me... Uh, oh, of course, dear. I didn't mean to interrupt. I think I'd like Grecian. It's so dignified. And if you're a Greek, you have a word for everything. It was the Greeks who had a word for it, wasn't it, Jerry? Pam, honey, please. Oh, Jerry, just answer one question. All right. What is it? Would you love me if I were cold and austere like a Greek maiden? (laughs) 
Pam, honey, I'd love you anyway. Even dressed in those curtains like a Greek maiden. Yeah, you're so nice. All right, darling. Now, just let me finish this page. Isn't it an exciting book? I'll say it is. You know, it's beyond me how a girl as cultured as Martha Gilroy ever dreamed up murders like this. And it's so well written. Jerry, it'll be a bestseller. You bet. I'm going to get this into print as fast as the type can be set. It's a gold mine. Isn't that just the way, Jerry? A girl like Martha writing a book that'll make money and... And she's got so much already, she doesn't know what to do with it. Well, she hasn't got the money, Pam. It's old Uncle Gordon. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish we could meet him. I'd just like to tell Beatrice Van Sickle that I was hobnobbing with Gordon Gilroy, the millionaire banker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's speed. Well, you won't meet him on this trip. Martha said he had to go to Chicago on business. Jerry, do you think maybe we could wangle another invitation? Mm -hmm. You know there are real silk sheets on the bed. No. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, come on, let's go downstairs and find Martha. She's probably anxious to hear our verdict on the book. Oh, I told her already. When I finished reading it this afternoon. Why, you precocious little brat. Ouch! Well, come along. Let's go and tell her that I like it, too. I'm uh, thinking this is the library door, Mr. North. Oh, thank you, Mrs. North. Sure, you need a map to navigate around this house. <laughs> yes, you certainly do. Uh-huh. It's the library. Come on, Jerry. Martha said that she... Oh. Well? Excuse us, please. We didn't know that... One we... minute, young lady. Who are you? Uh, good evening, sir. You're Mr. Gilroy, aren't you? Yes, I am. Much more to the point, who are you? I'm Gerald North. This is my wife, Pamela. Uh, how do you do? May I ask what you're doing in my house? Why, we were invited by your niece, Martha. We understood you were in Chicago. This is a pleasant surprise. Uh, we have the big front bedroom and, and the lovely sitting room with the white satin curtain. Oh, a party, huh? The minute my back's turned... Well, we're not exactly party guests, Mr. Gilroy. We came on business. Business? What business? Your niece has written a book I'm interested in publishing. So you're the publisher, huh? uh, You may have read I it. I have Very not. good. For your information, Mr. North, I disapprove of Martha's so-called literary efforts. She writes very well, Mr. Gilroy. And you've read the book? Oh, yes. North, that book is not for publication. But, Mr. Gilroy... When I give an order, it's to be obeyed. It seems to me, Mr. Gilroy, the business is between me and your niece. She wrote the book. I'm going to publish it. And I say that you're not. Mr. Gilroy, nobody tells me what I can and can't do. Why, you insolent book peddler, you... Jerry, we'd better go. Yes, I think we'd better. Wait a minute. I said that book was not to be published. I beg your pardon, sir, but I say it is going to be published. Good night. Come back here. Jerry! I want that manuscript. Now give it to me. Oh. You'd better give it to him, Jerry. It's a little difficult to argue against a gun. Hand it over. All right. Here you are, sir. Look out, Jerry! Hold his gun! Oh, Jerry! Jerry, you killed him. We'll return to Mr. and Mrs. North in just a moment. But first, let's listen to the story of Mary. Mary, Mary, not contrary, never ever had a date. Mary, Mary often wondered what would be her fate. Would she be single forever? 
Things looked pretty sad for Mary. Then one day she saw the new Columbia picture, Something to Shout About, starring luscious Janet Blair. And just afterwards, as Mary was looking through a magazine, she found these words from Janet Blair bang in front of her eyes. You'll never sigh for popularity if you follow Hollywood in our new beauty discovery, Woodbury Beauty Night Care. This three-minute bedtime care with Woodbury cold cream has all it takes to help skin look dazzling. I've never known any other cream so effective in giving a girl's face the luscious smoothness that makes men pay attention. So Mary rushed out and got Woodbury cold cream. That night, she started giving her skin the Woodbury beauty nightcap. And listen, a certain young man Mary had been secretly adoring, who'd never noticed Mary before, suddenly looked twice, started pursuing, started wooing, and now they've named the day. Well, the moral is simple, girls. If your life is dull, manless, and dateless, doubtless it's because your skin needs the delicious smoothness that makes a man stop, look, and pursue. So, if you want the chance to say yes to romance, if you need a plan to captivate that man, if you wish he would woo, use Woodbury too. Why don't you, tonight? That's Woodbury Cold Cream. Now, back to Mr. and Mrs. North. Twenty minutes have passed since the shooting in Gordon Gilroy's library. Police Sergeant Mullins has taken charge. The medical examiner is leaning over the body. Doc, are you sure he's dead? Well, Sergeant, when there's no breath, no pulse, and a bullet hole, <laughs> you can be sure the body's a corpse. Okay, Doc. Mr. North. Yes, Mullins. It's my unpleasant duty, Mr. North, on your own admission to hold you for the murder of Gordon Gilroy. Oh, but, uh, Sergeant, it was an accident. Jerry didn't mean to do it. Yeah, I know, I know, but he's admitted to shooting. I want to warn you that anything you say will be used against you. It, it, just a minute, Sergeant Mullins. Jerry's just trying to protect me. I, I'm the one who shot Mr. Gilroy. You? Oh, you? By heaven's sake, don't complicate anything anymore. Now, now, don't listen to anything he says, Sergeant. When Jerry and Mr. Gilroy were fighting, the gun dropped on the floor, and, and I picked it up and shot him. Pam, will you stop this melodramatic nonsense? Oh, dear, this is terrible. Oh, i got to hold the both of you. Oh, I say, hey, Mullins, will you come here a minute? Yeah, Doc. Is there any sign of life? Well, no, there ain't that, but uh, there's something else here. What's that? I uh, just turned the body over. Uh, look. Oh, crying out loud. Stabbed in the back. Yep, that's what did it. He was knifed after he was shot. And the bullet lodged in the shoulder. But it wasn't fatal. Where's the knife? Well, of course, I'm just the doctor. <laughs> You're the detective. Well, thanks heavens he was stabbed. That clears Mr. and Mrs. North. What does it? Uh, say, Mr. North. Yes, Mullen. Did you use a knife on the deceased? A knife? A knife. There wasn't any knife, Sergeant. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad to hear you say that. Of course, he was stabbed to death. Well, uh, just a minute. I'm I'm going, Mullins, now, and your men can take pictures. Well, thanks, Doc. And if your tenant Wagon wants me, when he gets here, I'll be at the laboratory... So long, Sergeant. Uh, so long, Doctor. Jerry, it must have happened while you were out calling the police, and I was getting the first aid kit from upstairs. Yes. How long was you out of the room? Oh, not more than three or four minutes. Did you see anybody drifting around the halls about then? No, the phone's in an alcove in the hall. I could see the library door all the while. Nobody went in or out. Jerry, 
The murderer must have come in those French doors. Say, that's about the size of it. He could have come right in here and gone out again and nobody been the whiter. Well, where does that door lead to, Mullins? There's a terrace out here that runs the length of the house. The murderer must have been waiting out there while, while we were in here with Mr. Gilroy. Well, that could be. It's cold as an Eskimo's nose outside. Well, we've got a job in our hands. We've got to find that knife. May, may I come in? Oh, hold on now. Wait a minute. I told you to stay in the other room. Well, I I can't stay there with a servant. I, I'm so nervous I can't sit still. Mother, did your uncle have any enemies who'd want him out of the way? What do you mean? That shot didn't kill your uncle, Martha. He was stabbed in the back. Oh. Oh, good Lord. Have you any idea who could have done it? Well, I'm afraid he had a good many enemies. He was pretty ruthless in business. Yes, I can imagine that. Well, whoever did it knew something about the house. It was an inside job. I suppose you're right. Of course I'm right. Only somebody knowing the terrace and... Say, wait a minute. Why did you say that? Well, it was just that nobody knew Uncle Gordon was here. He was supposed to be in Chicago. I, whoever did it must have known he was in the house. All right. Who was in the house? Well, the, the servant. And anybody else? There's my aunt, Mrs. Gilroy. Where is she? I don't know. She, she was upstairs earlier in the evening. You never mentioned your aunt to us, Martha. We seldom mention her to anyone's aunt. She walked out on Uncle Gordon about a year ago. This afternoon, she suddenly appeared and and said she wanted to talk to him and was going to wait until he came back. Uh, I guess we'll have to look up this lady. Anybody else? No. Oh, oh wait. Uh, Norman Cross. Who's he? Uncle Gordon's private secretary. He, he must have come back with Uncle Gordon. He was supposed to go to Chicago, too. Did you see him? No, I, I didn't even know Uncle Gordon was back until after the shooting. Well, there's another guy to round up. Where does he live? There's a room on the ground floor in the servant's wing. And I... Well, there's something you'll find out about him sooner or later. He, he embezzled $10,000 from Uncle Gordon. $10,000? Why didn't Gilroy turn him over to the police? He was going to, but he, he couldn't afford to and until after the Chicago trip because, oh, Crosby had compiled some lists or, or papers. Or well, something. there's your motive. I'm going out and find this. Oh, Lou, I'm glad you got here. Hello, Sergeant. Hi, Pam. Jack. Oh, Hello, Bill, I'm Bill. so glad you got here. Well, what's the case, Mullins? Over here, Lou, is the body. It's Mr. Gordon Gilroy, the banker. And that guy who owns his palace. Jerry. Yes, ma'am. This would be a wonderful time to look for that knife. All the servants are in the next room. We could go through their things. Oh, Pam, we can't take any chances. I'm seriously mixed up in this business, and... But Jerry, we must find that knife. There, there may be fingerprints. That's Bill Wigan's job. Now, here. now, darling, don't say another word. We're going to the servants' wing. <laughs> We don't have to knock. The servants are all in the living room. But we can't just open doors. Here, and... I will. Hmm, the light's on. Come in, Jerry, quick. wonder whose room this is. It's a man's... Oh, there's a briefcase on the bed. Now, don't open it, then. Oh, I'm not going to, Jerry. I just want to see these initials. N.C. N.C. What? 
Norman Crosby. That's right, the secretary. This is his room. Now, let's see. Let's see what? If you were a murderer, Jerry, where would you put your knife? Right next to my fork. Now, Pam, we haven't any right to go through a minute. There's a window seat. That'd be a dandy place. Jerry, you go through the things in that dresser and be sure to look between the shirts. That's where I always hide things at home. All right. The funny part is we'll probably find that darn knife. Jerry. Jerry, come here. What? Look. This window leads right out to the terrace. You can see the French doors to the library from here. Well, what about it? Well, don't you see, dear? Crosby could have climbed out this window, sneaked along the terrace, and gone through those doors into the library. Yes, I suppose he could. And after... After he'd done it, he came back here <laughs> You're and... certainly putting together a wonderful case. But, Jerry, don't you see? Everything fits. Crosby knew that Mr. Gilroy was in the library. And goodness knows he had good reason to want to get rid of him. Jerry, you're not paying a bit of attention. Look, Pam. What? On the floor. There by the dresser. Oh. Jerry, is it really blood? Yes, I think so. Trails over to this door. Jerry, don't. Don't open that door. I'm afraid I must have. Look the other way, dear. All right, Jerry. Go ahead. Good boy. Is it Mr. Cross? Yes, He's been stabbed, too. Well, you didn't hear the shots or any commotion here in the library, Mrs. I didn't hear a thing, I tell you. Bill, will you see your mama? Uh, in a second, Jerry. Uh, come in and sit down. Come on in, Sam. Well, Mrs. Gilroy, you've been separated from your husband for over a year, as you say. What are you doing here in this house? A little matter of money. Had he been supporting you? <laughs> it wasn't support, just a slight prop. And last month it fell down. And that's what I came to see him about. Did you know he was going to Chicago? Not till I got here. Arthur told me when I arrived. Arthur? He's the butler. Oh. Oh, yeah. So you went up to your old room to wait until Gilroy came back. That's right, Detective. You pardon my saying so, but you're a strange woman to be married to a banker like Mr. Gilroy. You mean he was a strange man to be married to a girl like me. And you're right. He took me out of the follies 11 years ago. But let me tell you, brother, the dough he spent on me didn't come anywhere near paying for what I had to put up with. What do you mean? The conceited, double-dealing old hypocrite. I... I don't like to say things about the dead. But if there ever was a guy that deserved a bullet, it was Gordon Gilroy. So you gave him one, is that it? <laughs> I'm not that crazy. He was my meal ticket. All right, Mrs. Gilroy. Excuse me, honey. My time is your time. You want to see me, Jerry? Sam and I just found Crosby. He's dead. Good night. I had him pegged for the guilty party. That's what I told Jerry. He could have sneaked out the window. Come here, Bill. I'll show you from the French door. But, Pam, that whole theory's out now. He's dead. Well, but that doesn't make any difference. He could have done it, and then somebody could have murdered him. Now, uh, look out this door to the left, Bill. Yes? Uh, see that room where the light... Look! Somebody's climbing out a window. Stop! In the name of the law! He's starting to run. Stop, Stop. 
Come on, Jerry. Pam, stay here. That fellow may start shooting back. No, no, his hands are up. Bill's got him. Hurry, Jerry. We'll miss right, everything. Miss. Put up your hands now. Come no, down. I got nothing to do with anything that's going on in this house. Who is it, Bill? Two-bit racketeer known as Red Barton. What are you doing here, Red? Nothing. Honest, I didn't take nothing. Oh, Red. Red, are you hurt? No, honey, no. Well, he was shooting at you. I thought... Wait a minute. This honey business. Huh? Oh, well... You know. No, I don't know. Well, Sally and me, we've been going around together. Oh, I see. And what about it? You pick nice company, Mrs. Gilroy. The kind that leaves by the window. Sure, with the joint loaded with cops, I should stick around. <laughs> Come on. <clears throat> Back to the house before we freeze. Okay, I got nothing to hide. I was just waiting for it to get finished with the power. Ooh. Come along, Jimmy. I'm beginning to shiver. Just a minute, then. What are you staring at? Look. There, on the side of the building. Where? The rain spot. Jerry. So that's why we couldn't find the knife. Listen, Lieutenant, I don't care if you lock me up or what you do. I didn't have nothing to do Red with this. Red was with me all the time. Sure. We were upstairs. Quiet, both of you. Oh, Bill, I'd like to see you. Uh, just you a could. second, Jerry. I want... What's the matter? You haven't found another body, have you? No, not yet, Bill. But we may. Oh, what's up, Bill? I mean, Pam and I were outside just now. We saw... Wait, Jerry. Wasn't Mr. Gilroy's gun on the desk there? Huh? Well, it's gone now. Hmm. Right, just a minute. Jerry, when I went out after Red Barton, did Mrs. Gilroy leave this room when I did? Oh, no, no. She followed us. Yeah. Do you think she picked up the gun then? Listen carefully. I'm going to take Red into the next room and turn him over to Mullins. You follow us. I want Mrs. Gilroy to be here alone. Oh, what do you think she'll do? Let's see. Jerry, Bill's setting a trap. Well, don't spring it. Mrs. Gilroy, you wait here. All right, Detective. All right, Red. You can come with me. Sure, Lieutenant. Sure. Come along, Pam. Excuse us, please, Mrs. Gilroy. Indefinitely, dearie. Hmm. That Mrs. Gilroy. You'd think I came here to borrow a cup of sugar. <laughs> Come on, Pam. Bill's gone in the living room. I wonder what that woman's going to do now that we... Jerry. What is it? Look. Across the hall, behind that screen. Oh, I can't see anything behind the screen. Even the mirror, Sally. What? It's Martha. She's got her hat and coat on. We'd better stop her, Jerry. Playing hide-and-seek, Martha? Oh, my. No, don't tell anyone, please. I, I've got to get out of this house. You can't leave now. If you run away, Martha, they'll suspect you. I can't stay. Uncle Gordon's dead and, and Crosby and... And I'm going to be next. Martha. Believe me, you don't know what's going on in this house. I, I'm going to be next. I... <laughs> I haven't a chance. Martha, don't. Come into the parlor. Like... <laughs> You're shaking like a leaf. <laughs> now, look. There's a nice big couch. You stretch out there. You poor darling. Now, Martha, who's frightening you? Dolly Gilroy. She's the one who killed Uncle Gordon. How do you know? He, he wouldn't give her a divorce. She wanted to marry Red Bart. But she wouldn't kill him. You don't know her, son. She'd do anything to get what she wants. Wait a minute, Martha. 
Is she the woman you had in mind when you wrote your book? Yes. She tricked Uncle Gordon into marrying her. She spent his money like water. Why wouldn't your uncle divorce her? Oh, uncle Gordon was no saint either. She, she had too much on him. If she were no longer his legal wife, she'd blackmail him out of every last cent. Well, he couldn't let her go. For his own protection. I'm going to get Bill Wagon. He should hear this. I'll be right back. Oh, Pam, I'm so frightened. Dolly knows I suspect her. She's going to try to put me out of the way. Yeah, now, hold on, oh, Martha. Oh, Pam, I... Now, lie down. Oh. Try to be calm. Dan, would you get me some aspirin and water? I've got to have something. Of course, dear. Oh, thank you. I'll be back in a jiffy. Now, you just close your eyes. Jerry will be here with Bill and the All right. Martha! Martha! Great, have a go. Don't touch anything. Oh, she's... Stop steady, Pam. All right. It's only printed. Oh, thank you. Look, Bill. The sofa, right over her head. Hmm. Bullet hole. That was a close call. What a... You're all right, dear. She almost killed me. She? From, from the French doors. I I saw the gun and, and I ducked. Are you positive it was Dolly? Did you see her? Uh, only her hand holding the gun. I, I've got to get out of here. She'll kill oh, me. Oh, no, she won't. I'll take care of her right now. Bill, wait a minute. Don't go. What is it, Pam? There's something I want to ask Martha. What? In that book you wrote, Martha, wasn't the character who did all the killing patterned after Dolly Gilroy? Yes. And one of her victims was a political boss, an unscrupulous man who controlled millions and, and killed others for money. Yes. Was that man your uncle? No, no, no. It was just an imaginary person. That's not the truth, Martha. That man was your uncle. No. Pam, I see what you mean. You're right. Of course, Jerry. That's why Gordon Gilroy didn't want the book published. What are you talking about? Every crime Gordon Gilroy ever committed was described in that novel. Detail by detail. It was taken from real life. You wrote that book to blackmail your own uncle. Why, Pam! Why, Pam, me. You're not as sweet as you look, Martha Gilroy. What are you driving at? You didn't expect your uncle back tonight, did you? And you didn't know that he was on to your blackmailing scheme until you saw him fighting with Jerry through the French doors in the library. You're crazy. Oh, no, I'm not. When your uncle was shot and Jerry and I left the room to get help... You saw a good chance to kill him. But you needed a weapon, a gun or a knife. What are you... So you grabbed the closest thing at hand, a heavy icicle, hanging from the rain spout on the side of the house. How did you... You're crazy. You stabbed your uncle with an icicle. No wonder we couldn't find a knife. She broke another one off to kill Norman Crosby. He saw her go into the library with the ice dagger. She killed him to stop him. You're so smart. Figure this out. I'll just... Don't move, any of you. So you took the gun, Miss Gilroy. A very clever observation, Lieutenant. Martha, you can't possibly get away. Give me that gun. (laughs) Don't make matters worse. You probably had a good reason for killing your uncle. The court will take things into consideration if you... Yes, I had a good reason to kill him. He murdered my father. That's how he got all his money. He drove dead to suicide and stole every cent. Gordon Gilroy, the great philanthropist. Put down that gun. I'm not through with it yet, Lieutenant. There's one more death on the books of the Gilroy family. Martha, Gilroy. Stand back. I don't want to have to kill you. Jerry, somebody didn't do something. I'm the only one who could do anything, and and here goes. So long, everybody. Down. Look out, Pam. Oh, quick, oh, Bill, quick. Oh, don't. 
Nice work, Jerry. You pulled that rug from under her just in time. Jerry, how did you ever think of it? Mullins, take care of Miss Gilroy. Okay, Luke. All right, Miss, come along with me. You take the prize. How did you know Martha was, was the one? Well, I, I knew she was lying, so I, I just put two and two together. Sure enough, she was the one. How did you know she was lying? And what about? Well, try to make sense, dear. Well, it was right after somebody shot at Martha in this room. I, I was the first one in here, remember? Yes. Well, Martha said the shot came from the French doors. But when I ran in, I smelled burnt powder and saw smoke hanging in the center of the room. She stood right here in the middle of the room and fired that gun herself. Nice going, Pam. Poor Martha. Oh, but Jerry, now you can't publish that book. Yep. There goes a bestseller right out the window. Ladies, a mink coat costs a lot, but the luxurious-looking, luscious complexion that goes with it can be yours for so little. Use Woodbury Cold Cream. You just can't give your skin better care at any price. A test by more than a thousand women proved that. They used Woodbury in some of the costliest creams, all in plain, unlabeled jars. And a majority preferred Woodbury Cold Cream. For beauty results, they found it outstanding. Now, don't be surprised. Remember, Woodbury Cold Cream is made by skin scientists, experts in skin care for more than 60 years. It contains four special softening and smoothing ingredients, plus an element that works to keep the cream in the jar pure to the last. The world's costliest creams don't bring you that. You can try wonderful Woodbury Cold Cream for a mere 10 cents, or buy the big economy jar. You get over 10 times as much for just 75 cents. If, after using Woodbury only seven days, your skin isn't softer and smoother, lovelier, then return the jar to Woodbury at Cincinnati, Ohio, and you'll get twice what you paid. That's W-O-O-D-B-U-R-Y. You'll save by switching from your expensive cream to Woodbury. Buy war stamps with that saving. Why not get Woodbury cold cream right now? Tune in again next Tuesday evening at the same time for another adventure of Mr. and Mrs. North when a barefooted corpse manages to put his shoes on. For thrills and for laughs, be sure to listen, won't you? This is Ben Grower saying goodnight for Woodbury Cold Cream, the beauty cream for the skin you love to touch. This program came to you from New York. This is the National Broadcasting Company. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Frontline Theater. Today, presenting another of the exciting adventures of Mr. and Mrs. North. And as our special singing guest of honor, Skinny Ennis. This is Ken Niles to welcome you once again to the Frontline Theater, brought to you men in the armed forces of the United Nations by the Special Service Division of the War Department. This is your theater, and every performance in it is presented especially for you, the men fighting with the United Nations on freedom's front line. Our story today is called The Missing Sparkler, and it really sparkles. Mr. and Mrs. North seem to be favorites of yours, so we try to keep you posted on their doings. And you know by now that wherever they go, there is always plenty doing. Well, let's dim the house lights, raise the curtain, and get on with the show. Jerry trip. He has taken his wife, Pam, along, and at the moment he's sitting in the club car aboard the train when Pam joins him. Hello, Lammy Pie. What? I said, hello, Lammy Pie. Lammy Pie? Pam, what's gotten into you? Well, aren't you my Lammy Pie? Heaven forbid. And I'm not your angel face? Oh, darling, why this coyness all of a sudden? Jerry. What? Who is she? Who is who? Angel face. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's what it said in the bracelet. And if I'm not Angel Face, who is? What bracelet? In our compartment. It's inscribed to Angel Face from Lammy Pie. Jerry, do you have a secret love affair that I'm just finding out about? <laughs> if I do, I'm just finding out about it, too. But who did you get the bracelet for, then? I thought it was for me. In fact, I'd be wearing it, only it doesn't go with this dress. Well, I didn't get it for anybody. In fact, I never even saw it. Then uh, how did it get in our compartment? I don't know. Jerry, it was lying on the table, and it said to Angel Face from Lammy Pie in it. And it was very pretty, and I thought it was from... Well, George. you can come along with me, darling, and show it to me while I get cleaned up for dinner. Okay, darling, here we are. Now you can show me that mysterious bracelet. Oh, here. It's right here. Well, that's funny, Jerry. I thought I left it on the table. Well, it's not there now. No. Well, maybe the joggling of the train made it fall on the floor. I don't see it. Oh, uh, move that suitcase, will you, darling? It may have fallen behind there. Okay. See it? No, darn it. Where can it be? Are you sure you didn't just dream the whole thing, darling? No, Jerry. It was right there. It... Must be around here somewhere. Well, I don't think so, but if it is, we can find it later. Well, well, come on, Pam. Stop crawling around the floor and get ready, and we'll go have dinner. You know, Jerry, it's fun eating on a train. You can have soup in Poughkeepsie, salad in Albany, dessert in Syracuse. Ah, uh, and indigestion in Buffalo. I think that I've... Jerry. What's the matter? There it is. There what is? The bracelet. That woman is wearing it. See, that fat woman with the red dress and potato salad. Huh? Oh. 
Are you sure? Positive. So you see, Jerry, I wasn't dreaming there is a bracelet. Maybe, but I don't see how you can be so sure. After all, that's just an ordinary bracelet. I don't see how you can be sure it's the one. All right, Mr. Smarty, I'll just show you. Oh, Pam, what are you going to do? Oh, uh, excuse me, madam. Yes? I'd like to ask you a question. That bracelet that you're wearing, uh, did you lose it? Certainly not. If I had, I shouldn't be wearing it. No, no, I mean uh, before. Before what? Uh, before you found it. Uh, that is, I mean, how did it get in our compartment? I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it has an inscription in it, hasn't it? Uh, may I see it, please? I want to show it to my husband. Well, really? I told him it says to Angel Face from Lammy Pie, but I don't think he really believes me. Why, of all the, the insolence... Oh, dear, I, I didn't mean to offend you. Indeed. I just said that... I mean, I just wanted to show it to... Oh, Pam, it please. I hope you'll accept our apologies, madam. Now, come along, Pam. All right, Jerry. still don't see why she had to get so huffy. All I said was I that... heard what you said, darling. Yeah. She probably thought you were accusing her of stealing the bracelet. Oh, but that's not what I meant, Jerry. Oh, she may simply have been embarrassed at the intimacy of the inscription. <laughs> but, you know, if that really is the bracelet you're talking about, I found out something about Lammy Pie. What's that? He's very nearly blind. Imagine calling her Angel Face. <laughs> oh, just a second, Pam. I'll see who it is. Yes? Oh, hello. You must be Mr. North. Yes. The conductor told me there was a Mr. and Mrs. North in this compartment. Are you the Mr. and Mrs. North? Oh, of course you must be. Well, I, I don't know. Which North do you mean? Why, the North. The famous detective. I've read all about you. And you must help me. You simply must. Brad will be wild, furious. Oh, he's a dear, but he does like to spank me when I've been naughty. Uh, may I come in? Why, uh... Oh, of course. Oh, thank you. You know, it was really awfully careless of me. I shouldn't have left it lying around. Brad always tells me to be more careful, but I just... Oh, Mrs. North, how pretty you are, my dear. Thank you. You will help me, won't you, Mr. North? Well, I, I don't know. What's happened? Well, my diamond brooch. Someone's stolen it. Someone on this train because I had it when we left New York. I just know that Brad is going to think... Uh, who, who is Brad? Why, my husband, of course. Bradford Banning, the banker. Oh, dear me, did I forget to introduce myself. That was stupid of me, wasn't it? I'm Mrs. Banning. How do you How do? You do? Oh, he'll be wild. I know he will. Did the brooch have some special sentimental value? Oh, heavens, no. Uh, financial value. Oh, a very expensive piece, hmm? Well, I really don't know. It, uh, more than we can afford, I'm afraid. Certainly more than we can afford to lose. Well, isn't your jewelry insured? Oh, yes, of course, most of it. But uh, this was a new piece. I, I just bought it in New York. It, it's not on the list yet. But you said that you don't know how much it's worth. If you bought it, I should... Oh, heavens, I didn't ask the price. I simply told the man to charge it to Brad. <laughs> I see. Well, perhaps we can find it for you, but I don't promise anything. Oh, if you do, I'll be no end grateful. You have no idea how nasty Brad can be when he gets into a pet. When did you last see your brooch? Oh, about an hour ago. Two hours. I... Oh, I don't know. I... I had it, and then all of a sudden, I... I didn't. Well, what did it look like? Oh, you know, a clasp with oodles of diamonds on it. Oh. And uh, what compartment are you in? Oh, on this train, of course. In the next car back. I see. All right, we'll do what we can, but I tell you again, I don't promise anything. Oh, thank you so much. 
Your dears really want. Now, bye-bye. Hey, goodbye. Bye-bye. You. Look... I, I forgot. Uh, do be careful, won't you? I, I should never forgive myself if something dreadful happened to you. I'd, uh, I'd almost rather not find the brooch. Oh, goodbye. Huh. It's a wonder her husband lets her off the leash. Almost. But uh, we are going to help her, aren't we, darling? I don't know. She didn't give us much to go on. Well, we ought to do what we can. All right. Just what would you suggest as the first step? I already took it. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I rang for the porter. Oh. I suppose you're going to ask him if there are any thieves on board. No, I'm just going to ask him. Oh, I guess he's here. Open it, will you, darling? All right, dear. Does you want something, sir? My wife does. Oh, uh, Porter, have you seen anybody but Mr. North and me coming in or out of this compartment? A lady just left, ma'am. Uh, yes, I know. Uh, anyone else? Uh, yes, ma'am. Good. Who? A lady. Oh. About an hour ago. Uh, the lady who just left? Uh, no, ma'am. Another lady. Would you recognize her if you saw her again? Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I just saw her going up forward. Probably to the club car. Oh, good. Uh, would you come along then, please, and, and point her out to us? But, darling, what's the difference who is in our compartment? We want to know who is in Mrs. Banning's compartment. I'm willing to bet it's the same person, Jerry. Whoever took the bracelet took the brooch. Besides, we have to start somewhere, and, and this is Rutherford B. Hayes, not Pocahontas. This is what? Rutherford B. Hayes. Uh, that's the name of the Pullman, darling. Didn't you notice? The car in back is Pocahontas, and we'd have to get Pocahontas' porter to find out about Mrs. Banning's compartment. Uh, come on, Jerry. Let's first see who visited us. Well, here's the club car. Do you see a porter? Uh, no, sir. Not till yet. Oh, there's Angel Face, Jerry. I'll bet she's it. Porter, uh, would you look over there near the bar? That woman with a red dress. Is she the one? What? Uh, oh, uh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Golly, that's funny. I could have sworn it'd be she. Uh, her. She. Oh, uh, there she is. She just turned around. Oh, which one? That uh, young lady in a green dress, uh, looking out of the window. Oh. oh well, uh, thank you so much, Porter. Come on, Jerry. Okay. But, uh... Jerry, I think you'd better take over from here. I, I don't know what to say. That usually doesn't stop you, darling. Oh, Jerry. <clears throat> um, excuse me, miss. Yes? I'm Gerald North, and this is my wife. We'd like to talk to you for a few minutes, if you don't mind. What is it? Well, uh, some peculiar things have been happening. Just how does that affect me? Oh, I'll come to that. You see, a bracelet that neither my wife nor I recognized suddenly appeared in our compartment. A little later, it was gone. I still don't see how that affects me. Well, simply that you were seen leaving our compartment. Oh, no. That's impossible. Then you deny it? Of course I do. It's not true. Well... Oh, I don't see why you make an issue of it anyway, since you say the bracelet wasn't yours. Oh, we're not concerned about the bracelet. But a very valuable diamond brooch is missing and... Good heavens. What's the matter? Well, why, um, why, surely... Well, surely you don't think that... You don't think that I... Oh, dear. We don't know what to think. We're trying to find out. Perhaps if you'd... Oh, just a minute. Where are you going? Miss! Jerry, hmm? why do we just sit here in our compartment? Why don't we do something? What would you suggest? We ought to make that woman give that brooch back. How? Well... 
I don't know. Well, the train doesn't make a stop for another hour, so she can't get away. In the meantime, we have to think of a way to... Now what? Oh, hello. May we come in? Well, you certainly may. Thank you. Mr. North, here's that brooch. Oh, thank you. But I I don't understand, Miss... Uh... Harris, Norma Harris, and this is my mother. How do you do? How do you do, Mr. How do you do? Mr. North, I hope you're not angry. I don't know yet. What's this all about? Well, you see, Mother, well, she has a slight eccentricity. She, um, <laughs> I steal things. I just can't help it. I don't mean to, but, well, something happens. It's most distressing. She's usually very good, but, well, every once in a while she, she seems to lose control and... Well, then I have the awfulest time trying to straighten things out. Poor Norma. She tries so hard to keep me out of trouble. And if she doesn't, she usually manages to return the things before they're missed. That's how the bracelet got in here. Mother forgot where she'd taken it from and, and thought it was here, so I returned it. And then when she remembered where she really got it, I, I had to get it and give it to its proper owner, that stout lady in the red dress. Angel face, Jerry. Oh, I see but now this brooch, I guess I'm too late. Apparently its owners discovered the loss because you knew about it. Yes, she asked us to try to get it back. Well, now that you've recovered it, could you return it and not say anything about where you got it? Please. Well, I don't know if Mrs. Banning wants to know Mrs. Where... Banning? Well, what's she got to do with this? Why, the brooch belongs to her. Oh, no, that's impossible. What do you mean? Do you know Mrs. Banning? Oh, yes, very well. I didn't get the brooch from her. Are you sure, Mrs. Harris? Oh, yes, yes, indeedy. I didn't get that brooch from Mrs. Banning. I got it from a frizzly blonde lady. <laughs> Mrs. Banning is a redhead. Well, something's wrong somewhere. Well, there certainly is. I think we'd better find Mrs. Banning. Well, Lily, this was a profitable trip. Yes, the Bannings ain't don't miss that brooch before we hit the next town. Ah, you're always worrying. Well, no use being foolish. Well, who's being foolish? There's nothing to worry about. We got the ice. As soon as the train stops, we hop off and we're in a clear. You gotta find somebody to buy it. I'll take care of that. Stop worrying, will you? Now, come on, let's have a look at it again. No, I don't think we'd ought to take it out. Somebody might come in. The door's locked, ain't it? Come on, I like to see it sparkle. Where'd you put it? In my makeup box. Uh, Marty. Yeah, what's the matter? It's gone. It's what? Yeah, it was right in here. Oh, my. Marty, what's the matter with you? Why are you looking like that? When I was out of here, you hit it. No. You're trying to double-cross me? No, Marty. Oh, no, honest. Let go, Marty. Let go, please. Where's the sparkler? I don't know, Marty. Honest, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll hit you some more if you don't tell me what you've done with that sparkler. Don't hit me, Marty, please. I'm telling you. Marty, you're me. Where is it? I... Marty, I Where is it? I told you, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. That must be it. That little old lady. What little old lady? Well, they I'll tell you. Okay. Now, what's this about a little old lady? She come in. She said she was lonesome. She wanted to talk. You let somebody in here while you had that sparkler? A little old 
lady, Marty. A little white-haired old lady. Gee, who thinks she This would... ain't no stall. Honest, Marty, I hope I dropped dead on this spot if she didn't come in here and say she wanted to talk. I never thought a sweet little old lady like that would... Lily, be... you know something? What? There are thieves on this train. Yeah. There must be. But I never thought... That little old lady's the front for them. Well, I'm the guy that swiped that sparkler first. By rights, it belongs to me. Yeah. What does she think she is swiping my sparkler? Come on, Lily. Where are you going? To find a little old lady. Come on, I'll fix her wagon. No little old lady is playing me for no sucker. And that's Act One of today's mystery play, The Missing Sparkler, featuring Mr. and Mrs. North. Now for intermission time, and it's well time listening to your favorite singing star, Skinny Ennis. He sings the number for which he received most requests last week at the Hollywood Canteen. It's an oldie and a smoothie. He sings, I've got you under my skin. But there is of it. I've got you under my skin I've got you deep in the heart of me so deep in my heart you're really a part of me I've got you under my skin I've tried so not to give in I said to myself as a fan never will go so well but why should I try to resist when, darling, I know so well I've got you under my skin. I'd sacrifice anything, come what might, for the sake of having you near, in spite of a warning voice that comes in the night and repeats and repeats in my ear. Don't you know, little fool, you never can win. You're your mentality. Wake up to reality But each time I do Just the thought of you makes me stop Before I begin Cause I've got you Under my skin Cause I've got you Under my skin Thank you, Skinny Ennis. That was great. And we're certainly glad you could be with us today. Come back again soon. You're always welcome on Frontline Theater. And now, back to Mr. and Mrs. North and the adventure of the missing sparkler. You don't see her yet, huh, Lily? Not yet, Marty. You know, I ain't so sure there is no little old lady. I think maybe you handed me a line. No, Marty. I'm... Wait a minute. Huh? There she is. Where? Coming out of that compartment at the end of the car. Come on. Be careful. She's got some people with her. Oh, a whole gang, huh? Well, I can handle them. Hey, you. Where do you think you're going? Who, me? Yeah, you. What is this? This, mister, is a gun, and I'm going to use it unless you get back into that compartment, all of you. But I... I we... said get back in there. We'd better do what he tells us, Jerry. Yeah, I guess so. Good. Come on, Lily. Okay. Now, will you please tell us what you want? The sparkler. The witch? You heard me hand it over. I don't know what you're talking about. Lily, you sure this is the little old lady? Positive. Then somebody in here's got the sparkler. Come on, I'll hand it over. I tell you, we don't have anything. 
Okay, then I'll have to search you. Well, go ahead, search. I'll search you, and Lily will search the women. Nobody's muscling in on Mighty Rich. Well, are you satisfied? You've searched us all in the compartment, and you even had your lady friend search Miss Harris's compartment. I don't understand it. Unless... Hey, Lily... I want to have a talk with you. Marty, honest, this is the little old lady. Then where is the sparkle? I don't know. You don't know. Come on. Marty, honest, Marty. Are you coming or do I have to drag you? I'll come, Marty. You better. Now, so long, folks. I'm sorry we disturbed you. Golly, that was awful. Jerry, where's the brooch? Why didn't they find it? You had it. I hid it. But where? They searched everywhere. Oh, no. There was one place I knew they wouldn't search. Where? Themselves. What? Mm-hmm. I dropped the brooch in that fellow's pocket. Oh! <laughs> oh, Jerry, that's wonderful. Oh, but Jerry, that means he has the brooch. Yeah, but he doesn't know it. As soon as we come to the next stop, we'll send for the police. They'll arrest him and find the brooch on him. Unless he finds it first and hides it. Or perhaps he'll get off the train and get away before the police arrive. Well, that's the chance we'll have to take. Oh, no, Jerry. We've got to get that brooch back. But Pamela... There must be some way, darling. <laughs> Coming into a station. Yes. Oh, Jerry, suppose those crooks get off and get away. They won't. I asked the conductor, and he says they have tickets right through. And as long as they think that brooch is on the train, they'll stay. That's right, Miss Harris. I'm ever so sorry I caused all this trouble. Well, we'll soon have it all straightened out. The train's stopping now, so I'll hop off and call the police. The conductor has promised to hold the train until they come. Good. We'll wait here, darling. Okay. That was awfully clever of your husband, putting the brooch in that man's pocket. Yes, he's awfully clever. But I'd feel a lot better if we could get it back. All that fellow has to do is put his hand in his jacket pocket and and the game's up. Oh, if only we could do something. Perhaps I could steal it back from him. Now, Mother, you've done enough stealing for today. <laughs> it would be fun. Oh, look, there they are. The crooks? Yes, they just got off the train. Oh, golly, they're getting away. No, no, they're not. They're just walking along the platform to get some exercise. Oh, look at that poor girl. She's all bruised. You must have beat her up. How awful. Miss Harris, do you see what I see? What? Why, of course. He's in his shirt sleeve. Yes. That means his jacket is probably in his compartment. What luck. You wait here, Mrs. Harris. I'll be right back. Oh, dear, they would have a dog. A uh, nice boy. Uh, let me in. That's a good doggy. Oh, now you chase me out again. Uh, but please be nice. I'm not going to take anything that belongs to your master. Just an old brooch, and it isn't his. Uh, please let me in. A nice doggy. Nice little doggy. That's better. Nice doggy. Now, I'll just take a step. See, I didn't hurt anything. And now another. Oh, my goodness. What's the matter, lady? Don't Fifi like you? Oh, gollies. You. Us. Lily, it looks like we got a visitor. Yeah. And that gives me an idea that I owe you an apology, Lily. I think this dame must know something or she wouldn't be coming here. Oh, no. No, I don't really. Yeah? Well, come on in and we'll talk it over. No, please. I... Get in there. All right, Fifi, down. Down, Fifi. 
Okay, miss, go on in. That's right. Now, you and us is going to have a talk. Where's that sparkler? I don't know. No? Take a good look at Lily. See what I've done to her face just on account of she didn't know? Now, where is it? I don't know. I warned you. You're hurting my arm. That ain't all I'm going to hurt. Where is it? You're going to talk? I can keep this up longer than you can, lady. Stop. I'll tell you. It's it's in your jacket. My jacket? Yes. Who's there? The police. Open up. Police? Yeah. Come on. Open up. I tell you, Mr. North, we searched them both in their whole compartment, but there's no brooch. But they had it, I tell you. I told them where it was. Well, they don't have it, so there's nothing I can do. I've held this train long enough. Well, can't you take them off for questioning? I have questioned them. They say they never saw the brooch. They say you're crazy. They say Mrs. Banning is crazy. And I'm beginning to think maybe they're right. Now, let me out of here before I decide to take you off for questioning. Oh, dear, Brad's going to be simply wild. I don't know how to tell him. Oh, oh, of course, how silly of me. It's going to be all right after all. How so? Oh, my dear Mrs. North, don't you see? I didn't pay for the brooch yet. Well, Pam, here we are. There's a taxi over there. You know... I still can't figure where those crooks could have hidden that brooch. The police searched everywhere. Yes. Look, Jerry. There they are, getting off the train. And I just know they have the brooch with them. There's nothing we can do. Oh, gollies. What is it, Pam? I just thought of something. Oh, Jerry, maybe I can make up for that foolish thing I did. If I can only find one before they get away. Find one what? What are you looking for? A cat, Jerry. A cat? Yes. Oh, dear, where can we find one? Well, there's one. Where? Well, down there at the end of the platform, lying in those trunks. Oh, yes, Jerry, how wonderful. Come on. I hope you know what you're doing, darling. Hello, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. No, no, kitty, don't jump down. Come here, kitty. Come on. I won't hurt you, fella. Now, just let me pick you up. Jerry, I've got him. So I see. Come on. Nice, kitty. Nice, old fellow. Oh, don't become too attached to him, darling. All right, darling. Where's that taxi? They haven't gone, have they? No, there they are. They're just getting in. Good. Come on. Oh, hey. Hey, uh, just a minute. Oh, it's you again. Yes, uh, just a minute. We please. haven't got a minute. Okay, driver. Jerry, don't let him close that door. All right, but what are you doing? Just this. Hey, you put the cat in the taxi. Yes. Oh, there goes kitty. Yes, and there goes Sleepy after him. Come on, Jerry. Where did they go? Around the corner of that building. Golly, Jerry, I hope they stop somewhere. There they are. Kitty's up the telephone pole. Yes. And Fifi's dancing around below us. Hello, Fifi. Oh, Fifi, stop. You can't get up that pole. Pam, what are you doing to her? Look out, she'll bite you. No, she won't. There it is. Look, Jerry. The brooch? Yes. The police searched the compartment and the two crooks, but it never occurred to them to search Fifi. It was fastened inside her collar. It was the only place left. Oh, look. Here comes our boyfriend. Okay, you let's have that. You thought you was clever, huh? But I'm taking that sparkler. Come on, hand it over. Oh, dear. All this work for nothing. Yeah, it looks like it. Well, hurry up. Hand it over or I'll... I'll... You'll what? I'll... Holy smoke, what'd I do with it? Where is my... Where... Oh, Everywood. Is this what you were looking for, sir? My gun. <laughs> yes, I took it. 
Here, Mrs. Harris, I'll take that. All right, Mr. North, here you are. Thank you. Mother, thank heavens I found you. Oh, Mr. North, she's been stealing things again. I just don't know what to do with her. Well, if I were you, I'd buy her a nice expensive present and charge it to Bradford Banning. Curtain is dropped on today's Frontline Theater play, The Missing Sparkler, featuring Mr. and Mrs. North. We hope you liked it. But there are more plays coming, more comedies, mysteries, and dramas, and some of the biggest Hollywood stars to appear in them. So keep on listening, won't you? This Frontline Theater play was presented especially for you men in the armed forces of the United Nations by the Special Service Division of the War Department of the United States of America. know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.